This is Pop and Crap, episode 95. Episode 95 of Pop and Crap. I am Paul French, and in honor of this 95th episode, I was going to rappel down the side of the CN Tower, but COVID stopped me. That was the only thing that stopped me. It won't stop me doing this, though. Oh, my name is uh, Scott Hollows, and it would take a lot more of those to make me think that that was ever a good idea. So (laughs) (laughs) I am officially out, sir. I will stay here and risk my life falling off my couch. (laughs) (sighs) The peril, the bravery. Oh, just only a little bit of peril, though. Only a little bit. Just a smidge. Just a sconch. Yes, just a tiny bit of peril. All right. So, hey, how you doing, buddy? Hey. I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What have you been? Uh, what have you been up to? What have you been watching? Uh, oy, oy. Uh, what have we been watching? Uh, well, let me see. I, I'm continuing my ongoing uh, lockdown battle with Ms. J.B. Fletcher. Yes. How you doing? Uh, What's your score? Uh, I, I have I have rallied back. It is now 32 to 30 for me. Um, I will not lie. I I have taken advantage of the option to replay a few scenes. Um, and I feel like that might be construed as cheating, but I do make it a point to only count it a win if I can tell you who did it and how I'm supposed to know they did it. It can't just be that I recognize the name from the cast or, you know, that's the most famous person this week, that kind of thing. But uh, the best part of the show are all, all, the, uh, all the guest stars. Yeah. It's, it's so fantastic every time. There's one with uh, uh, it was um, oh Lumiere Jerry Orbach. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she and Jerry Orbach came back for a second one, and uh, in that same episode was uh, oh, I can't remember everybody now. <laughs> it was uh, uh, I think Vicky Lawrence was in there. Um, Oh, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It, it, and I'm up to the point now I've seen so many. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's I've, there, there's now I've seen, uh, four different, uh, WKRP stars cameo. Nice. Uh, it's, it's just, it's a, every episode is a who's who there's, there's at least somebody in there that makes you go, Oh, it's that guy. Exactly. And like Brian Cranston props up, pops up in three different episodes playing a different person each time. Of I've, course. I've, it's to the point now where they're starting to, they're starting to repeat actors, but in different roles, which is weird. And then randomly they'll repeat an actor and I'll go, Oh no, I'm not supposed to know who that is. And then you realize, Oh no, I do know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, the person we saw before. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting because that is, that is kind of the hallmark of those shows, right? Like there was no continuity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they throw some in randomly. <laughs> well, yeah. Just yeah when you least exactly. expect it, you're like, you can't just randomly use continuity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, but that used to be the thing, right? Is that they would, um, uh, yeah, they would they would kind of uh, play fast and loose with that stuff, 
and um, and and in, and in the end, uh, you know, it was like they would still have. It's like, wow, that guy's been on there three times, you know. Like, uh, and 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 speaking of Jerry Orbach, like one of the last shows to really do that before they got to like, okay, we need to, you know, people are keeping up with this shit now. Um, <laughs> was was Law and Order? Yes. Right, where, yeah. where Law and Order would uh, would you know? It's like, oh, they're. A, <laughs> <laughs> they're district attorney this week, and next week they're going to be the defendant. <laughs> and uh, and the following week they're um, they're a rich judge, and then <laughs> totally. And that was you know one of their things was just well they you know they were they were looking at it as a syndicated model, much like a, a murder she wrote where it's like we're thinking long term and we don't need this to all to all fit together nicely because we need to be able to roll these things out of order if we need to. Well, there, it's interesting because there was there was one where they had a recurring character, and because they aired them out of order on the network, it was on. I saw the recurring character then do something in a later episode. So when they popped up in a previous episode, I was like, "Oh, well, I know they didn't do it because I know they're still coming back." <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do it in this episode because apparently they do it in four episodes. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's great. Wow. But yeah. it's never dull. Never. It's uh. It's my silly little show, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, Sarah is a, a little concerned that uh, her husband is watching the show, and it doesn't help that uh, Vision TV is carrying it because the ads are all for Acorn stair lifts, and uh, <laughs> uh, there's a uh, this closed captioning is brought to you by Zoomer Magazine, the award-winning lifestyle magazine for the over 45 set, yeah. and that hurts, <laughs> right? That hurts. That is a that is a that is a weird number to pick and draw your line, and it feels personal. <laughs> yeah, right. And and you know, it's funny. I, I remember my mother in law buying me an issue of that for Christmas, like when I was thirty seven. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I was like, well, thanks. That's awesome. <laughs> and then I explained later. It's like, yeah. So this is. <laughs> Great art, oh, great interview with Brian Adams, but just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Totally understand. Yeah, that, that that can be a thing. Well, I have also been watching something that uh, um, has my wife concerned, and uh, and that's just because she's never bought into any of this stuff. I, I remember years ago. Back when you used to like have, you could have your Netflix account um, hooked up to your um, to your Facebook account, and it would like post like Paul is watching such and such. Oh yeah, and yep. um, and, a, and a buddy of mine says to me one day, he's like, I think Jan's watching stuff under your account because because uh, it keeps coming on with like the new nine zero two one zero, and I was like, yeah, no, that's totally me. <laughs> <laughs> She would have no part of that shit. <laughs> that is 100% me. And um, and so I realized, like, you know, up until... Um, and I would have even said up to now that, you know, the, uh, the teen melodrama, I still watch that stuff because everything's fucking high school, right? But then I realized a few years ago, I stopped watching that stuff. Uh-huh. And it wasn't... a conscious decision i mean i still watch um um all american you know because someone other than tay Diggs mom has to watch the show um and, and that's high school based but it's also more football based 
and that's really more the thing with it. So, so I mean, for the most part, um, you know, the only other kind of big franchise of uh, of high school stuff is all the Riverdale stuff, and and I've got no interest in it. Uh, but you yeah. know, like back in the day, like One Tree Hill, yeah, I watched it all. I'll admit it. Yeah. And um, no, you raise a really good point. Yeah, I I completely agree. And there was a uh, there there was just a point where it stopped being something that you connected to or saw. And, and Riverdale was, was one that really that, was a drop off. That point was for the me. one. That was the one. Now our, our, our buddy Murray, I think he's been, I think he'd been keeping up on it. So I, so he could probably tell us differently, but I found for well, me, he's that so was young. The, he is, <laughs> he is. And, um, Anyway, so, of course, back in the day, I was a big fan of uh, Party of Five and all that, you know. I mm-hmm. I kept up with what was going on with, with Charlie, Bailey, and uh, and Claudia, and the little guy, you know, um, who whose age jumped up and down over the seasons. And um, Owen, by the way. Um, uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, that show had a spinoff. In 1999, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character Sarah left the show, and uh, went to. And the in-story thing was basically she went to New York to find her uh, her biological father, and hmm. um, and Patricia Heaton had played her mother, who died, and had basically just given her a name, and uh, or or had I think she had she hadn't given a name, but she had. Uh, um, given like um uh, you know this whole story about when it all happened and um so she takes off to uh to new york and it only lasted one season and not quite a full season it did not do well and uh, but it was called the time of your life huh. and um so she moved in with jennifer garner a pre-alias a post Felicity post, post Felicity pre alias, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also post uh, significant others. Huh. Um, there were a lot because significant others was a show created by the creators of Party of Five, and so like Elizabeth Mitchell was in it. She shows up in this, a, a whole bunch of people basically, and um, but Jennifer Garner played her roommate uh, Romy, and um, and uh, Jonathan Shake from who was um, in uh, that thing you do. Uh, he was uh, Jimmy Mattingly, the singer. Um, he's he's in it, and um, Polly Perrette plays their uh, the su- the superintendent of their building. And it's one of those things where you know it's like a lot of people show up, and it's like, oh, it's that guy, right? Um, yep. You know, it's that guy from the late '90s. And uh, so I've been catching up on that on the CTV app. They've got the throwback section, and I thought, oh, I ha- I remember watching that, and I I think I maybe watched the first few. And then dropped off it for a while and kind of came back to it toward the end and was very confused because a lot had changed. And uh, so I've been getting caught up on that. So I'm, I'm about seven episodes in over the last few days. And, uh, and now this, what this makes me think of is, um, like, think of Party of Five as the, um, and I mean, given their economic status, not so much, but as the 90210, and this is like the Melrose place. You know, the, uh, the, the slightly grittier, I'm going to go out and make it on my own in the big city show. And, right. uh, but they never get their Heather Law clear, and they never go full-on soap and get renewed for many, many years. So, 
so that's the uh, that that's kind of the thing there. So that's that's the thing that I've been watching, and um, nice. yeah. But it's hey. nice to find these old ones. I mean, we're still yeah. doing uh, we're still doing Golden Girls as part of our oh, lunch nice. breaks, yeah. and you know, it's just funny to watch some of these these old shows. It's, yeah. It's it's there's 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 value in nostalgia and there's comfort in nostalgia. I think. There, yeah, both. hundred yeah. percent. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I I, uh, um, I have a little update from Uh-oh. one of our um, discussions of a couple of weeks back. Uh-huh. When we talked about um, oh, when we did our rundown the other week, and we'll we'll do more of those. We'll we'll maybe do like one a month or something like that because that's kind of a good uh, gets us talking about all kinds of different things. And I found we got into much more interesting discussions than the newspapers or than the newspapers the news items um, gave us. Um, okay. So so we'll definitely do more of that. But uh, it was announced um, last week, as you hear this, uh, that Quibi shutting down. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's two billion dollars down the tubes. Yeah, that one, that, the retention rate on that was after the free trial was something like seven percent or something. Like yeah, it was... uh, well, not to mention that the the initial free trial rate was was dismal. Like it was it was significantly below their projections, and um, it, you know, kind of one of those things where it's like, wow, we can't even give this shit away. Yeah. And, uh, well, and, there's such a thing as a saturation point, and yeah. you know, and, I think was people it. are late to the streaming service party now, and it's time to to stop pretending that there's <laughs> room for more. Unless else. you're showing up with a with a Disney library, thanks for dropping by. Well, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the thing, and I think that um, uh, yeah, I, I mean uh, as we as we discussed the other week, I think that I I think I think there's a lot of really interesting looking stuff. It's just not enough for me to uh, add another service. Yeah, no, exactly right. Like I think Anna Kendrick's running around on there with a series, and and, and that's generally a, a, a done deal for me. Sure. But I'll say that there's also one that she's got on Amazon Prime, and I watched the first episode of that, and it was like, eh. yeah, love me some Anna Kendrick. That mm-hmm. was not it. No, that and is a that is a shame. Yeah, and so uh, so, but this, like I say, there's the one I think that you would love is the um, the sort of um, um, the the murder she wrote spoof. Um, I think you would love the hell out of that because it's from a bunch of SNL people. You know, I mean, you got Paula Pell and and uh, John Lutz right from the get go, and <laughs> uh, I mean that that is that to me is in both of our well into both of our uh, wheelhouses, but. Um, yeah, so I guess they're going to give back some money to their shareholders and shut her down. And, um, so, uh, so, um, the, the question is, is what will happen? What will be the fate of the actual programming? Uh, you know, they had stuff from people like Spielberg and, uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro and Antoine Fuqua. Got to be careful with that name after a couple of beers, um, and uh, and and yeah, and you had the you know you had this new take on the fugitive. You had this, uh, you know, my my big concern was that a lot of it was was apparently shot in portrait mode, and I, I just can't abide that shit. Um, <laughs> my understanding was that all the shows you could go between, so oh, that you could okay, flip okay. it between portrait and landscape, and that okay, it was the first. Yeah. That was their big pull was that it was the first time that you could choose what you wanted. 
Such bullshit. Yeah. Oh, such fucking horseshit. Oh, it was unnecessary. Shoot, shoot it in landscape. That's what you choose. No, let's be fucking civilized and shoot in goddamn landscape. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, just uh, portrait mode is just a savage thing. Um, mm mm-hmm. Anyway, so 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 long, Quibby. At least we got that episode out before they shut down. Um, <laughs> Quibby, we barely knew you. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, so yeah, so that's that's a thing. All right, so we're gonna do a thing. Yeah, on the on the heels of our, uh, our recent chat about the uh, the comedy store series, yes, which is so awesome. Really That's enjoying great. that. I've passed yep. it on to another couple of people as well, and they're enjoying the hell out of it. So good. Yeah. Yeah, we're digging it. We're. Uh, I think we just finished the third episode the other day. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's a lot of meat on those bones. Like, like you know, it's not just um, it, it's not just surface. It's they they really go they really do go deep on it. And, um, yeah. I'm, I'm digging the stories they're telling. Uh, there's stuff I haven't heard before. I mean, there's yeah. some I have, but even on the stuff I've heard about before, they're going a lot deeper. Well, I like, didn't know anything about that comedy strike, so that was cool to see. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. And uh, yeah. and there was and and the the you know where they would cut back and forth between the people who were involved in it talking about it, and then you got Buddy Hackett on Carson saying, "I don't know what the hell they're doing." Yeah, right. <laughs> the the footage they're they're finding uh, is. Is, is great. Yeah. Um, it's it, you know it's it's lots of clips I've never seen before. I knew of the comedy store, but I didn't know anything like this. So this is all great. Yeah, like I'm, I, I'm I remember it. the show that they did um, after Mitzi died, and it was basically the family trying to figure out who was going to run it. And so <laughs> they did uh, kind of a. And admittedly, I watched like one or two episodes of it because you know me in this reality shit. Um, <laughs> and. Um, so yeah, they they kind of did that, um, and uh, and and so so I, I had a, you know I understood a bit of the background to it, and I mean you know listening to Marin a lot, you know there's always stories about about the uh, about the store on there, and uh, but this just wow, you know having them go yeah. through stuff and and seeing all those early Letterman clips and uh, yes, um, and like you mentioned, the Michael Keaton bit, right? Like, I knew he did stand up. I had just never ever seen any of his stand up, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was fantastic. So, what we figured is like a lot of these guys, they get their own shows sometimes. Well, that was kind of one of the focus of the first episodes was yeah. was talking about that that model and why she was able to run it the way she did with. Um, without pay <laughs> in a lot of cases was that you came here, you perfected your craft, you got your shot on the tonight show. And then somebody showed up with a big bag of money and offered you a sitcom. Exactly. And that was really a model for comedy for, you know, several decades and still to this day in some ways. Absolutely. It's yeah. No, it's yeah. still a so, thing. You know, you still, you still get a few. I have yeah. uh, uh, m- many of mine are a bit older, but there are a few yeah. that are newer. I, I, I mixed mine up as well. Yeah. Uh, the the minds we're talking about are, is the draft that we put together for tonight, which is, um, which is sitcoms with comedians in the lead, or comic sitcoms, or comedian. I don't know. We don't have a good title for this. I'm sure you've got the good. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it is. Uh, it is um, comics who got their own sitcom. There it is. There you go. And I've I've modeled my draft after. You could tell that it was about 
the way that they sold it to the network was this is the guy and or gal and this is their show i have a few and, of those like like basically it's like here's the guy and this is what he does in his routine and so this is what you're gonna do yeah and um and you know and so now we will do the if someone had more than one once some once one of them gets used that one's done okay okay All yeah right. i wondered about that because there are certainly a few there, there there aren't that many but there are a couple and, i had a few uh, where it was like wait well I, I know which one i want to take but which one yeah, counts <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and yeah. uh, and of course just because some are very obvious um we will call this one the who are these people uh jerry seinfeld memorial uh <laughs> sitcoms uh for comics uh list all right off so it goes. i went first last time sir so it is to you oh my oh first to me yes. Ooh, fresh snow <laughs> uh i'm always so excited when the whole board's out there this is usually when i do something stupid like you know Pick, uh, pick Sunnyside. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know. Um, For the record, I'm not picking Sunnyside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I am going to go with a classic. Um, I think this is one of the definitive ones. Uh, certainly one of the last, I think, of the big ones that you could really hang a hat and a, an empire on. Um, 91 to 99, 204 episodes, 42 award wins, 62 nominations, including the Golden Globe for Best Actor. Uh, I am going with Home Improvement with Mr. Tim Allen. Fantastic and pick. I, to me, this is the, the most perfect and clear definition of, of what this was, this, this category is all about to me. It was Tim Allen got up on stage and grunted like an ape and talked about power tools uh-huh. and uh-huh. they made an entire show about a guy who had his own cable tv network about home improvement stuff and uh, uh a family life at home and put the two of them together and that show was that was huge oh, for a long massive. time absolutely massive there there was no denying those first few seasons were really strong and I don't know that people might have expected that based on the little bit of stand-up that you saw from him when he just come out and grunt a bit. Yeah. So this was uh, this was great. I so this is 100 percent the one that. Uh, yeah. No, no, that is uh, that is a fantastic pick, and of course that will now take off the table. Uh, Last man standing, uh, where <laughs> yes, where he often references home improvement. Yes. Um, you yeah. Know, they, it, they, they do a lot of that new show model where they. Um, you know, somebody who's on the current show makes references to the old show or gets cast members on from the old show oh, yeah. and they look at each other funny and go, don't I know you? But they do and it really well. I mean, of, of all the ones that do that, they do it like they yeah. do it up to a level of, well, another show I won't talk about right now. Um, <laughs> um, no, when when uh, Patricia Richardson came yes, on and played yes. uh, the widow down the street whose uh, husband uh, had a bunch of tools, but he was an idiot. <laughs> like that. It was really good. And Tim said jokes like, well, he sounds like a great guy. <laughs> and you had, um, what's it, uh, J- uh, JTT show up um, yep. in, in an episode. and uh, Oh, yeah, I don't know. You feel like a son to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been so many great references, along with all of his, uh, of course, Buzz Lightyear references. Um, yeah. And... Um, yeah, uh, you know, it is a great one to uh, to hang the hat on. What a fantastic pick. 
Um, yeah, that one I figured uh, had to be big, had to go early, and uh, I mean it. It was interesting because they 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 were able to make the jokes about his regular stand-up stuff, but then they introduced the neighbor Wilson, yeah. who was just uh, the psychiatrist, the face over the fence, and you totally. never saw his face, and he just like that was so well done and, and added so much more depth to uh, to the show, and that you had you had a man who had his his job. And he had his home life, and then he had his backyard yeah. where he took. And those were the three set points of that show. And it was ingenious. And, and I mean, I've got yeah. you know, I've got a couple of really great over the fence neighbors uh, here, and um, and you know, one of whom you know always references that, and he's the guy that when we first moved in. Um, you know, uh, leaned over the back, or you know, reached over the back fence with a bottle of champagne, welcoming us to the neighborhood, and <laughs> uh, and you know, joked about being Wilson because of the way the fence was. And what I love is that 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 was um, Tim Allen calling back to uh, to his childhood and the guy who lived next door. You know, he only ever saw the half of his face. Oh. That's funny. I didn't. I didn't know that it had actual roots. And so that that was why he always showed like that. And what I love is that the actor who played him, whose name is escaping me at the moment, um, mm-hmm. even after that, even whenever he did like a photo op in a in a magazine or an interview or, yep. or whatever, always covered the bottom of his face. Every time that they'd come out to do the bows afterwards, he'd come out and he'd be carrying a little fence. Um, genius on this on this on a stick and so he'd 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 just come out behind the stick and the, one of the ones i loved was wilson was having problems at one point yeah. and trying to figure some stuff out and then they went out and they did um they were in the backyard and they were also trying to figure out a uh, um a hose problem at the same time with water pressure and they ended up switching yards because oh let me try this okay well hang on i'll turn it on over so they switched yards <laughs> and then uh it was the one time where tim gave wilson advice yeah. And you saw it. You were now in Wilson's yard, and you still only saw the top of Wilson's face. But it was Tim Allen giving the advice, oh, and genius. that was great. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really well done. That that show. I mean, it it ran long enough that it had enough time for everybody to make fun of it, uh, and it kind of became a, a joke of itself at some point. But the along the way, it they did a lot of great stuff, and it was really strong to begin with. And I think sometimes people forget. How, how good it was out it, of the gates. It was relatively fully formed from the get-go. And, mm-hmm. um, and that was... Uh, now, it's it was, a very strong pilot. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, great, great pick. And um, Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, mine... Um, my first one, this might actually surprise you, um, but it is a, a, a bit of a um, sort of a throwback to... Uh, our favorite sorts of sitcoms, and um, and it is a uh, a stand up comic, uh, you know, bringing his uh, his um, kind of what he would do in his routine, but he was also really kind of looking back at a bunch of old uh, of old sitcoms, and um, and bringing that to us. And so he, what he did smartly was he also packed the um packed the show with actors who were you know fire right like, like they you know it, you know so so um everyone in the in the ensemble was strong and uh and so that sounds very seinfeldy <laughs> it, it well it does a bit and and I, except yeah. that the 
the the actual guy, the lead guy had had some more chops but uh, all that said you know the show didn't last super long and that's the carmichael show Oh, oh, oh. Um, oh, yes. Right? Like, uh, you know, and I was thinking oh. about this one last night because Ella and I were watching uh, the most recent uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And they had Tiffany Haddish on it. And I know she'd been around before that, but that was the first time that I really became aware of her. Yes. And same yep. with Rel. Like, uh, you know, yep. and um, and they were talking actually about a new movie she's got where th- that she's in with Rel. And I thought, oh, I got to see this. Um, and I mean, but the, the, the cast, God damn. So you had uh, you had Gerard Carmichael. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he, he was also one of the creators of the show. Um, he, you know, he's a he's a, a really funny stand up and, a, you know, like he would bring a lot of sort of the socially conscious stuff to it. And, it, and, and some of elements of it reminded me of all in the family. Um, yes. From the and that was supposed to be what they were wanted to model it on. Right. Absolutely. And, it, and, yeah. uh, and then you had Amber, uh, Amber Stevens, who, um, um, uh, which, you know, shadow Stevens daughter, who was yeah. also in uh, one of the shows I picked last year that I can't remember already because it got canceled so soon. Um, or two years ago, I guess it was. Uh, Lil Rel Howery as Bobby, as his brother Bobby, but as his parents, you mm-hmm. had David Allen Greer and Loretta Divine. Damn, mm-hmm. an embarrassment of riches right there. Just yeah, uh, you know. And then uh, of course Tiffany Haddish uh, played uh, played Rel's uh, uh, ex-wife, and yep. only thirty-two episodes, three seasons. Um, God, it was, uh, it was that a- is a show I would love to get my hand. I don't think I saw all the episodes. Loved what I saw. Yeah. Um, they did a fantastic episode on consent yes. at one point, which was really interesting. And they they did a, a great job of walking the line between uh, comedy and drama, but comedy and PSA almost. Like it was it was a very um, it's very good exploration of it to the point where I mean Sarah was still working student life at that point. Yeah. She was like, "Can I get a copy of this?" I was like, right? "I will yeah. try and find it." <laughs> like, like this, the, you know, this is as something that it's you know it ran from uh, late August of 2015 uh, to early August of 2017. Um, so it was a six it was a six episode season followed by two 13 episode seasons, um, and um, yeah, powerful like like. Some somehow, some way, they owed Norman Lear a check, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, they 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 certainly, um, you know, uh, worshipped at the altar of Norman Lear and and took a lot of lessons, and at times I think took it even further. And, yeah, no, uh, when, and they really wanted to do that. They made it clear from the beginning yeah. that they were trying to do All in the Family again. And 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 for the from the perspective of a black family, and they did that better yes. than Seven Hundred Four Houser Street. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So so you know the it, it and where you would get a lot of kind of it, you know it was that that old school sitcom version of like of, of debate, you know, and mm-hmm. of, of 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 talking back and forth like families do, you know, yes. and. Uh, and yeah, so anyway, so uh, so that's my first one, and um, and I thought I would go with a sort of a um, an unexpected pick, uh, especially after I've set it up as a, I got a lot of old stuff in my list. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. I, I, have to, I have to see Medgy at some point. <laughs> right. 
Oh, that's great. I, I, I wrote it down. Yeah. Like it was not on my list and I wrote it down on my pad just because I was like, Holy shit. That's such a good point. <laughs> what pick? Why haven't I written that down? <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Oh boy. Where do we go from here? Um, boy, you know, this is another one that feels, um, I think somewhat predictable, but you know, you can't leave the home run hitters sitting there undrafted. Um, so I have got to go with, uh, the queen herself, 88 to 97, 221 episodes before, uh, a season return and, a and, a a little bit of a fall out there. <laughs> Things got problematic, but uh, 49 uh, award wins, 113 nominations. Uh, that was Roseanne. Um, and this is one of the classic ones where, yeah. you know, it's the person's name. <laughs> it's there. Again, there yeah, any yeah. Doubt? It's, it's the, you know, it's the Tony Danza method of, uh, of acting. It's like, <laughs> We can't guarantee that they will answer to any other name than their own, and right. uh, and so it was always the you know and again like you said with uh, with Seinfeld it's like the the actor with the least ability is the one at the head of it and yeah. you know, is the namesake and uh, yeah yeah and no, I mean, I, this was all her all her stand-up right like, yes 100 percent stand-up right? if yeah. you go to some of her early routines and you watch the pilot episode whoo which is one of the reasons that she was so pissed about the way that was handled and who got credit for well, the, the creation the, the of the crea- character yeah because the creation was given to the person who wrote the first script yeah and and, yeah. and she was pissed and that was the beginning of a long feud between she and showrunners and she and the network and yep. it overshadowed everything that went on but you you look at um, to to your point, she was not the strongest part of that show. She held her own in yeah. an unexpected way, but she was not the strongest part. But you it you look at this like the, you look at Seinfeld, like you know, he, Seinfeld surrounded himself with some really strong people. She totally. had John Goodman to her oh, right yeah. and Laurie Metcalf to her left. Oh, that I, is the way to yeah. keep a series afloat and go somewhere. And that's why and, the series is still going. And then as a bonus, you get Sarah Gilbert in there as her as her smart mouth kid. And I mean, to be fair, like. Who knew where that was going to go, right? No, like, that, yeah. was, that was a luck of the draw. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it was clear that Goodman and Metcalf had the goods. Laurie Metcalf won uh, gold, uh, three Emmys back-to-back-to-back on that. I think it was 92 and, and, and to 94. You know and eventually the others won some Emmys as can, well. Can, but. Can, I, can I be honest on this? Fucking travesty. She w- they, How many seasons did they run? She should have got one uh, for all of them. <laughs> all right. of them! She's, there, she's there's a, a funny scene in one of the closing credits where um, John Goodman and Roseanne come into the to the living room and Larry Metcalf uh, and Jackie is sitting on the couch watching TV and she's polishing her Emmy. <laughs> 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 and then they chase her and try to take it from her. She's running around. That's it. awesome. It was uh, it was funny stuff. But it, I mean, this is classic model of you know we we've already taken Seinfeld off the list. You just took the Carmichael show. This is Roseanne. I mean, this is. Here's a person. They're really funny. We're going to give them a show. We're going to name it after them, yep. and we're going to hope it runs for a bunch of seasons and we make a lot of money. And this was one that did to the point where, as you pointed out, it's still ongoing now. So it, uh, it, it is, and I mean, like, like as we record this, there's an episode on. Yeah, um, and um, the premiere was this evening. That's right. Or yeah. So that is that those. is my. 
Oh. Or last week, depending on <laughs> when you hear this. <laughs> for those for those who like to believe the illusion. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm sorry, it was last week. We are your calendar. <laughs> hey, Halloween coming up soon. Woohoo! <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's my number two. Uh, again, it, it's somewhat predictable, but you can't. Yeah, you can't leave you that one sitting there. Right, and I right couldn't leave there. that one for you to steal later. <laughs> you have covered the entire first half of the '90s, as far as like some of the best uh, sitcom television, right? right? Um, I will hang my hat on that. 100%. All righty then. Well, I'm going to go with one that maybe didn't have quite as much success, but was, first off, uh, a favorite comedian of mine, you know, when every comic had a book that came out. Mm-hmm. You know, you had sign language from Seinfeld. You had, uh, you know, Chris Rock had a book, and uh, and um, Tim Allen had two, and mm-hmm. um, and I, I still have them, in fact. And another guy who did, me was, too, <laughs> was the title character of the Drew Carey show, and oh, uh, and wow. so you had Drew Carey again, again making no illusions about his ability as an actor. No. But, uh, but that's okay, <laughs> because he had Ryan freaking Styles. He had Diedrich Bader. He had um, Crystal What's-Her-Name that's married to What's-His-Face. Um, wow. I can't remember her last name. Wow, wow, wow. I'm just still stunned on that one. That I can't believe I forgot that one. Um, I did I did not do any internet research this time. I tried to go just by memory. This, so was, I'm this expecting... was literally, as we were talking about it, I just did a, a list, and I didn't set any of them out because I, I always do better if I just pick something from the list. So yeah. I didn't even set it, like, I didn't differentiate between... Um, bench and list i just went through and it's like one will grab me and um and but the the drew carey show was the first one i, t- I typed out and, oh that's fantastic and, i look forward to being surprised by a lot of these because I'm, I'm there's going to be gaps because i didn't look anything up and um I, 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 you you i i don't know i don't know that i've gone that I've uh gone krista, that. Miller. krista miller krista miller and Miller, kathy you. kinney and i mean craig ferguson yeah, well, that's, uh, that's what I was just going to say. You had, Craig, oh. you had Craig Ferguson, who spent most of his time behind a door. Mm-hmm. Right? And, uh, and so Johnson, you're fired. He was the crazy <laughs> boss. And, uh, yeah. and you know, and, and they, 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 you know, it would, it would alternate behind, behind, between being, you know, standard sitcom fare to, uh, to going completely absurdist. To mm-hmm. doing live episodes um, and to doing improv episodes. Live episodes, improv episodes. They did the April Fool's episode, but they put in continuity errors. Yeah. And you were just supposed to play along at home and pick the thing. They changed their theme song, what, three, four times? Oh, yeah, as well, part you the... started out with Moon Over Parma. Later on, you got yeah. Cleveland Rocks, and you also got uh, Five O'Clock World. Uh, Five O'Clock World? Yeah. I, like, those were great. You oh, tuned in just to see what they were going to do next. Yeah. That yeah. was. Yeah, it, just really inventive and playing around with the form, and that's that's what I always loved. And um, and you know, it, this was, uh, yeah, this was kind of where a lot of this stuff really started for me. Where where it was like, wow, like you know, these are these are people whose shows I need to watch. And uh, mm-hmm. and and, um, and yes, you know, it brought us people like. Uh, Ryan Stiles, you know, where we finally became more aware of that guy, and yes. um, 
I think he was he was the guy from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you're like, oh look, he's yeah. an actor now too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. did it happen in that order? Uh, that's how I recall. Maybe it, it did. Maybe it did. I, I um, thought it was. We already saw him from the because he was on the British version of the show of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Was which me? was always on A and E, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, at, at any rate, um, so yeah, this speaking of um, uh, was he created this with Bruce Helford. Um, who was also involved at one point with Roseanne. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so co-creator of the Drew Carey show. He also did the Norm show and, well, others. Um, perhaps I best not get into the I was going to say, what's so many a name? <laughs> <laughs> Stop saying names. Stop saying names. <laughs> anyway, Stay out so... of the infield. So and and you had things like when and when they started a band and Joe Walsh was in their band, and yes. um, and they had uh, they they created their own beer, Buzz Beer, and mm-hmm. um, uh, you know uh, as a prelude to the actual Buzz Beer, um, and yeah, so so just uh, all kinds of uh, all the kinds outdoor of pool table always confused me. Yes, <laughs> uh, Cleveland rocks, my friend. Yeah. Right. You are up next. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, I am. Whew, let's see. Oh, I'm going to jump into the okay. Wayback Machine here. We are going back to uh, 135 episodes that started in 1972. Uh, Very nice. Four Four wins, 12 nominations, including the Golden Globe for Best Actor in 1973 with Sanford and Son starring Mr. Red Fox. Fantastic. You you totally stole the only one that uh, that, that I thought was 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 theft proof. Ah, I was proud of that one. That is that, that awesome. Was... In fact, I've I've even already queued up the theme for the end of the show. <laughs> I wondered if that'd be the exit song. It's it's uh I mean, how do you not love it? How do you not love the theme song? Theme song's so good. Will Smith and uh, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince sampled it for a song. Um, It was, it was, I remember as a kid watching it because the theme song was so exciting. And then the show would start and it seemed like such a, it's a small theater production (laughs) of of this little tiny uh, stage set they have of a living room. Um, and to just watch him go and, you know, wander off and <laughs> the, uh, you know, half of the stuff I'm convinced was improv and a lot of it was just a setup to give him a chance to rant. Oh, uh, and then yeah, he'd, he'd do one of his bits and that was it. And it, uh, I mean, come on, Sanford and son, it's free red Fox. Yeah. Well, Stand back, recognize, you know, <laughs> and, and it's one of those things where it was based on a British show, much like, um, all in the family was, um, which you know, all in the family was based on "Till Death Do Us Part," and um, and uh, or sorry, uh, yes, yes, it was, and uh, and then Sanford and Son was based on Steptoe and Son, and hmm. um, and but but they they put Red Fox in that role, and God, it was crazy, um, yeah. you know, and 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 I mean, there's still the stuff that oh, Elizabeth is the big one. I'm coming, I'm coming, Elizabeth. <laughs> and it was such a signature bit, yeah, that in the end it kind of killed him. 
when he was uh, in the in the uh, early '90s when he had his show uh, with uh, Della Reese. Uh, royal the royal family um, yes and it. and it was great i gotta say but apparently the one day he's uh he's there he's having a heart attack and they think he's doing his bit really yeah oh i didn't know that yeah so uh he died on the set uh had a heart attack Ooh. and um and and apparently a couple of them thought oh red you're so silly <laughs> and uh Yeek. and i mean it is such a signature bit yeah. And um, and again, a strong, um, you know, social commentary show. And uh, they tried one spinoff with Grady. Didn't go so well. Um, yeah, no, it's hard for the straight man to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, carried into the new thing. Yeah, but oh yeah, like I, I can I, I can still remember a scene of him watching TV on the royal family, and. Uh, and uh, one of the kids comes in and changes the channel. And he's like, hey, put put my show back. I like watching this show. I like when he calls his son, you big dummy. <laughs> 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 yeah, Red Fox, I mean, you know, uh, I, of course, I came to know Red Fox as Fred Sanford. Yes. And, um, and I picked up a couple of... Uh, a, a, local record shop they had a bunch of old uh comedy compilations on vinyl and i picked a few mm-hmm. of those up and it, it had stuff like you know reiner and uh, brooks doing the thousand year old man and uh-huh. uh and it had a ton of red fox stuff god like that's awesome yeah i mean it's it's like watching that uh comedy store show you know, it, it, yes. where, where it's just these revelatory things about someone you thought you knew pretty much what you needed to know about and, yeah. and realize like, oh, there's this whole other level and um, and it's incredible stuff. Right. And uh, so, yeah, the um, that is a, that is a fantastic pick. I consider that a steal. You have. Uh, I will you take have, it. You, sir, have engineered the first steal of. The I will race. take it and run like a thief in the night. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Over to you, sir, for your right. third. Outstanding. At this right. the halfway point. Yes. Yes, that's of right. Of the who are these people memorial draft. Who are who are these people? All right. <laughs> um, my next guy. Um, he often wondered who are these people. Um, you know, as he. Um, Ran his inn, worked on his uh, <laughs> his local talk show, and everybody around him was just Bravo. crazy. And of course, in perhaps the best callback to a previous show ever, ended the series by waking up in bed with his wife from his first comedy show. And yes. um, and I speak, of course, Newhart. Bravo, Bob Newhart. You know, and and I think of a bunch of these that were you know favorites around our house, and uh, and Bob Newhart was one. Like my dad and I both just, you know, the comedy moon rose and set on him, and uh, and in fact, there's um, it's an audible book that he did uh, where he talked to a bunch of comedians, like um, like he talked to people like uh, like Jimmy Kimmel and um, Sarah Silverman and. just a bunch of people anyway. Uh, you know, Lisa Kudrow was one of them, I think, as well. And uh, I just talked to people who had done, like, stand-up or sitcoms, right? And uh, and got into talking about all that kind of stuff. And it was great sort of hearing him interview them 
for the most part and hearing them also ask questions of him and uh and and again he's it's one of those guys like he's not going to be around that much longer no you know there he's what 90 no he's 91 now could he be 91 81 math is hard 30, 70, 91 91 1929 yeah, yeah no, you're, so you're right that's uh so yes enjoy the bob newhart while you can because yeah. uh, um there uh, either yeah you're right you were right the first time 91 years old yeah damn and, wow. you know, that, that deadpan that he did, you know, again, when you look at, like, the guy with his stand-up, right? And uh, yep. and there would always be something where he's talking on the phone to someone because that was one of his big bits. Yeah. And, um, but but it, it was his deadpan. And, yep. uh, and that was the character that he played on this show where he was the straight man. Mm-hmm. Everything around him was insane. But but you know he was he was the straight man who could deliver these just killer deadpan lines. Yeah, it uh, I was it was so funny to it, it again. This comes back to the the same model of you know you you make the show you name it about the guy, and then you you create situations and set things up so that the the guy or gal can do their stand up, and his was front desk which means that he has to answer the phone <laughs> every perfect, time right? some of the guests call and he has to explain the radiator and he puts in his little stutters and asks about things like, well, 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 well. so have you, have you, have you closed the window? No. Well, Oh, there, there is no window. Oh, I, I, well, I, I, suppose that would explain the, uh, the bird then, <laughs> you know, like it was, it was always, it was really funny, you know, and you, you, I mean, how do you describe that? He's going to pick up a phone and have one side of a conversation. And, and, you know, and I mean, I always go back to, to one of the classics, which is of course, where he's talking to Abraham Lincoln about the, uh, where he's playing, uh, Abraham Lincoln's agent and he's talking to him about the, uh, Gettysburg address. And, uh, and he's like, um, Okay, so you wrote this out in a notepad. Could you could you write it out on a napkin? It'll just you know kind of have a little more. It'll just pop a little more. <laughs> and uh, it's like four score and set real four. Do, do, does anyone really know what a score is anymore? Can we do the new math? <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was uh, that was on my list. I had I had uh, for me it was I was taking either Stanford and Son or Newhart. Yeah. And that, that I was putting that in the, you know, gotta go, gotta have a classic in here. And those were the yeah, two 100%. that leapt to mind. Two of the best. Yeah. I mean, you know, without a doubt. And uh, and I mean, um, the Bob Newhart show, which was his first show. Mm-hmm. I think I was a bit young for it. Um, I would agree. I'm the same. Yeah, you know, and I and I can remember watching it, and I think I think just a lot of it really went over my head, and. Um, I'd be curious to watch it again now, but and and, and it's funny because I haven't seen it anywhere, and I've I've thought about that, uh, you know, many times. It's like you know, and so I don't think I've watched it since I was a kid, and so mm-hmm. I think, like I say, I think a lot of it just kind of went over my head. Um, but again, like my dad was a huge fan, so Newhart was always on, and the whole family watched it, and uh, you know, that was uh, that was like you know, that was must see TV in our house. <laughs> All right, sir, it's over to you. Oh, that's fantastic. 
I'm, thank God, because I wasn't going to be able to do this. If, <laughs> if you didn't start stealing some from my list, I was going to be in trouble. <laughs> um, oh, boy. You know, I got three, and I... You should pick one of them. I am going with... Uh, I am coming back to our side of the border. Um, yes, 2004 to 2009, 107 episodes, six seasons in a movie. Uh, and I am going with Corner Gas. Fantastic. Uh, oh, fantastic. Brent Butt. Yeah. Uh, that is fit his his comedy style fits so well. Yeah. Uh, incredible ensemble. Um, and one of, of I I was struggling to think of other um, Canadian stand-ups who got a show who were able to leverage it into that level of success that well. Yeah. And it, it, that's the one. Um, that's the one I'm going with is uh, is is Corner Gas. Um, they they even got to do a movie in the end. It's now currently there's an animated series. I was based just going to say there's an animated series and it's really good. You know they're they're doing uh, they did great things with it. I what I appreciated about the series was uh, the cutaways, and that that was like Family Guy level yes, cutaway totally. jokes, but, but in a live action series, yeah. and somehow. They made it work. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, I love so, that. So, yeah, Corner Gas, uh, available know, playing just about anywhere CTV has a channel. <laughs> Check it out. And, and this is out. a thing that that I can um, – every morning when I would watch The Daily Show and, and The Colbert Report, um, mm-hmm. you know, right before it, you know, before I started work, they were all, they were all on in a row. And, um, yes. And uh, – but I would start off that morning, you know, as I had that first coffee with an episode of Corner Gas. And yeah. uh, because, of course, it was on the Comedy Channel, which is a CTV, uh, CTV channel. <laughs> I remember there were a few years where that was the show that was on in the morning when I was getting ready for work. Yeah. And it would just be on in the background and every day starting with singing that theme song. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic by uh, Craig yeah. Murphy of The Odds. Um, ah, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's a great, yeah. great one. Um, oh, you can tell a... me that your dog ran away, then tell me that it took three days. <laughs> that uh, is classic. Gotta, gotta love some uh, some prairie jokes. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So that is my that is my fourth. Outstanding. All right. Oh boy. Oh, we're we're running out of picks. This is one that could go on for a well. I this mean, could have been a two parter and a ten lister. <laughs> right. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I mean, there's there's. Like I say, I'm going through the list, and I'm just like, oh, no, that's the one. That's the next one. And um, and this one, again, very much based on a um, a comedian's routine. And uh, he just managed to find himself a fantastic uh, writer to, to work with on this. And, um, and again, surrounded himself with incredible actors. And um, and this one uh, is, of course, I mean, you, you know, you might be thinking, you know, is he going to pick this one? Is he going to pick it? And I'll, to which I will say, no, no, Deborah, no, um, because everybody loves Raymond. It's not about the kids. Um, <laughs> and, you know, this like, I, I mean, 
you know, th- this is one where you think when you think of things like you know, could they have a uh, um, a reunion? And of course, this one like that's just not happening. Um, no. And um, because not only did we lose both the parents, we lost one of the kids as well. And um, really, yes, yes, uh, one of the twins. Um, oh wow! Yeah, very sad, very sad. Um, I did not know that. And uh, but of course, you know, you had. Peter Boyle as the father, mm-hmm. um, and Doris Roberts was the mother. I mean, mm-hmm. the two of them alone, watching oh. any scene that they do together is a comedy masterclass. Can you can you imagine being in the production office when somebody comes in and and confirms that you've landed the both of them for the roles? Yeah, I mean, well, like, we, how do you not break up the champagne thing. at that point? Yeah, you just know, right? And yeah. uh, and then of course you had uh, Patricia Heaton as his wife, mm-hmm. and um, and she was the perfect foil uh, to uh, to Ray. And then you know Robert. I mean, just yeah, um, yeah, just you know, just sublime. And uh, and then you had and so of course Phil Rosenthal was the um, was the showrunner and here was a guy who he who he filled his first off he filled his um um his writing staff with a bunch of stand-ups and um but also all guys with families yes right because and and then like they they ran their show um, and they were in the office like nine to five. Yeah. It's like five o'clock time for you to go home because it, because his, uh, Phil's rationale was you can't, um, you can't write a show about family life if you don't have a family life. Mm-hmm. So the people who worked in that writer's room were the fucking envy of everybody else in Hollywood uh, because they were on a, on a top rated show and uh, and they they were home for dinner with their families yeah. and, uh, and mainly because... it was that it, it, it was considered research you yeah. had to you had to go home because you had to find out what stupid thing your family was going to do that night because yeah. you had to come back with that the next day so they could turn it into an episode and and, and, and Phil... they made it clear that everybody's whole lives were on the table and whatever horrible thing had happened in your family you had to share it with the group because we were going to do an episode about it every episode there was a so this writer came in and this was his story and Mm -hmm. we got we jumped on that because we all because basically when he would tell this one story like there was the one about the case the suitcase that got left on the thing and they were refusing to uh and that happened to one of their writers and Mm -hmm. um and all the older guys in the room was were, were the younger guys were like oh just take the case upstairs and the older ones were like don't you fucking touch it <laughs> and, uh, um, phil wrote a fantastic book uh called it's a good thing you're funny and uh and it you know this this being something his wife said um and he um details a lot of this stuff in in the uh like you know this episode started with this and here's how we kind of pulled this together and these were the stories that it was based on and it's fantastic and i gotta say like i'm a i'm a big um i'm a big phil rosenthal fan anyway like i love his uh his food shows um his you know food travel shows um oh yes 
somebody please feed Phil on Netflix. <laughs> like you got to check it out. It's fantastic because he is just a funny dude and he's a guy you just can't help but love. Um, it, have you seen the, the documentary about the attempt to take yes. everybody loves Raymond to Russia? And that was the, that was like the, wow, this guy really is that guy. <laughs> Cause like I say, I had read his book and then I saw that and it was like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is totally that dude. Um, and his wife uh, actually played um, Robert's wife on the show. Um, so uh, Monica Horan uh, uh, played um, Amy, uh, Robert's wife. And uh, so in all of the commentaries, you know, he would, um, when they would have like a scene of, uh, of uh, Brad Garrett and her uh, smooching, he would say, you know, I have to because she's my wife. But you, why? Um, and he would say, because you're paying me, boss. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, an incredible cast and, uh, you know, a lot of sort of real, you know, sort of true to life uh, um, family stuff. Um, but done in such a universal way that it was like, you know, this one guy's story, it, it translated to everyone. And, uh, and so again, totally based on, on his stand up stuff. And I, I mean, you know, again, he, he was kind of the weakest of the actors, but he's since really proven himself as an actor. Um, you know, when you look at things like uh, when he was on Parenthood, for example. Yeah. And, you know, it's like... That was unexpected, wasn't it? It really was. It, it absolutely was. And it, there's been other things that I've seen him in. And it's like, like even um, the, um, um, the update of uh, All in the Family. Um, they've mm-hmm. started, uh, they, CBS has, has picked up the, that fourth season, the one that was not on Netflix, but went over to pop TV. And so I finally get to see it. So delighted. Um, <laughs> but he shows up as a, as a census taker in the first episode yes. and, um, and manages, saw that. yeah, and manages to swing a little, uh, a little Raymond joke. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, but, but yeah, so I, I would, I would be remiss if I, didn't bring because of because of my love for just you know how how it was put together you know it's one of those things where where you know they usually they say you never want to know how the sausage is made but the, how the sausage is made is every bit as delightful as the show and peter boyle and doris and doris roberts you know we don't get to see them a- again you know and uh yeah. and thank goodness they had this to leave behind yeah i mean that's it's bittersweet, right? You're, yeah, totally. you're sad to lose them, but to have this, you know, this kind of victory lap. Um, I mean, they were all part of other big things previously, but to have yeah. have this real victory lap as as kind of your your last big mark on the world is is so cool. Yeah. And the idea that you know, there's 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 something about just being able to to live on forever in reruns <laughs> yeah that you know you're it's 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 like you know gilligan's island <laughs> every time you turn on an episode of gilligan's island yeah you know they're they're forever they're forever young and they're forever um forever funny and forever happy <laughs> and think about this like like you get to watch them every now and then and it's like oh and now um, Amy's parents show up, and it's Fred Willard, and yes. uh, and her brother is Chris Elliott, and yes. her mother is Georgia Engel. You know, it's like, come on. Yeah, yeah. no, there was there was never any end to um, 
the the casting and who they'd find and yeah. it, was, it was such a strong show totally so good oh to good you, for sir. you <laughs> bravo bravo uh, we're getting we're getting all old and weepy <laughs> yeah um oh one for the road let's see um last pick last pick yeah oh it's a coin toss uh all right i'm going with current because that'll round it out correctly i think and i'm going gonna go current i'm gonna round it out uh this is actually off of netflix um it's 2015 to ongoing there are 37 episodes with four seasons in uh only two emmy nominations at this point uh, but that's, that's not, okay. Yeah. That's not how we measure these things. Exactly. Uh, yes. This is actually, it's an animated series. Uh, it's F is for Family with Bill Burr. <gasps> oh, Bill, yes, that's a great one. Wow. And, I, would, I mean, not at all it's, on my radar. It's, it's uh, super interesting to me that, you know, you get, you get your shot to make a series and you choose to go animated. <laughs> yeah. And, I think that's that's hilarious. He's he's created an animated series that's clearly adult themed. Oh yeah. Um, he's doing the voice of the father while um, clearly it's written from the perspective of him as a child. Yes. And they've yeah, said it in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. And uh, the opening the opening sequence alone is worth it with the. Uh, um, the the dad character taking flight coming out of high school and the whole world is before him and he starts flying along and then he gets drafted and he gets married and he gets a kid and then just shit starts flying at him while he's soaring through the air and he's getting hit in the face with baby bottles and and uh, tires and bills. <laughs> uh, it's... I... I really enjoy that series. I think it's really funny. That's a great um, pick. Justin Long's in there doing a voice of the, the teenage son. Um, uh, oh, what's his face? Uh, uh, that guy. <laughs> the guy who's in that show with the stuff. That guy who's in the show with the thing, with the thing about the time. And then he did oh, that bit. He's in, he's in, Goddamn everything. Uh, he plays the manager in Waiting, the restaurant, and he plays. Wow, you you really you really picked the. Uh... <laughs> uh, Dave 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 Dave. Oh, he plays the uh, the salesman who's on the road most of the time in the office who shows up who uh, Michael Scott loves. Oh, uh, uh, David Keckner. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, he plays the the boss at his work. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, F is for family. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's on Netflix. And, and uh, very cool. And you've got like Gary Cole in it. And, and, yes. uh, in, in season two, you get like, uh, John DiMaggio. Um, you get Allison Janney. Yeah. It's, um, it's just one of those shows where people come out to play. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I, I certainly, uh, I dig it very much. And it's, uh, oh, what's his face plays next door? Uh, Sam Rockwell plays yeah. next door neighbor yeah. playing a Matthew McConaughey type character. Phil Lamar, yeah. Alex Moffat, uh, who is on it currently. Um, 
you know, Alex Moffat, who many may know from uh, from SNL, he plays Eric Trump. <laughs> Did you see last week's? Oh my God! It was honestly <laughs> that there. They, you know what they've. It, Okay. Okay. The two of them are so good. When he when he like is doing the uh, imitating uh, Don Jr. like while yes. Don you know and he's doing all that hand gestures and 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 it's always funny. But this one was even more funny somehow. Oh, it, it was, was fantastic. It, it was uh, yeah. when he started playing with the hand sanitizer. And yes, and, and and licking it, and you know, usually it and it's drinking like, it, and... you know, they'll have him with like the uh, the uh, fidget spinner, and yeah. uh, and that's funny. My favorite was the juice box, <laughs> oh. but he needed Don Junior's help to get the straw in. <laughs> they always do, dude. That is like an everyday part of life. It's just I wouldn't expect it to be of my uh, of my br- my uh, adult brother. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. Anyway, that's great. Sorry, distracted. Yeah, no, no, no. That's my. Yeah. Oh, believe me, I'm the one who threw that in there because uh, yeah. I just, you know, it's every, like I just saw his name and started laughing about exactly this past week. Yeah. It was just, you know, it's just so brilliantly done. And hopefully, uh, hopefully they're uh, they're out of a job for doing that for a while. Um, but anyway. Be nice, but I hope they'll still pop up because they're funny characters. <laughs> they really are. I, I, I want to see them do some SNL sketches they, in the, they, the they desolate play, years. They play them a little too highbrow. Um, <laughs> they play them much smarter than the than the real article. Um, anyway, so that uh, oof. oof, that was that was such a great pick that it um, leaves Did me. I stun you? It leaves me bereft for my uh, for my later <laughs> ones. Um, but, um, you know, I'm going to go with one that was a real game changer. And, um, you know, a guy who was a really funny comedian. And, uh, and But his show was, you know, so built on his routine. But it was also, it was just a surreal aspect to it. And that is, it's Gary Shandling's show. Ah, uh, Where yeah. he knew that he was in a show. Yes, and uh, so this came out like I was around. I was in high school still when when this came out, and uh, and it was this idea that he knew he was in a show, and uh, and it was you know even the theme was like you know this is the theme to Gary show, this is the theme to Gary show. <laughs> Gary called me up and asked me if I'd write his theme song. We're almost halfway through it. How do you like it so far? This is the theme to Gary Shandling show, and uh, and this is from memory. Mm-hmm. The last time I watched that show was nearly 30 years ago, um, and it stuck in my mind to that degree. Totally. And it, was, it was just one of those things where, again, and, and like if you look at, at my um, picks, like in a lot of cases, it's all shows that really fucked with the form, and um, and and you know it, it, they were they were all about like yes, this is the standard sitcom format. How do we mess with that a bit? Mm-hmm. And, um, and and no, none did it quite as much as this one did, um, and and to not any you know any huge level of success, but it still stands up. And and you know it was the thing when he died, people talked about it every bit as much as they talked about Larry Sanders, and yes. um, which would have also been like a fine pick for uh, for a comic gets his own show. 
Either um, could have. Right? The fact that you picked the one where his name's in the title, kind of appropriate. <laughs> it's that. Um, but, but you know, it, 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 it was, it, to me, is it's all about the fact that it was just, you know, I mean, I knew who he was. You know, I every morning, for me, Sunday morning, mm-hmm. I'd wake up and I'd listen to the Sunday funnies on Chum FM. And uh, and so I yes. basically spend a good chunk of my morning before before I even came out of my room, uh, just listening. You know, first I listened to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and um, and then I listened to uh, to the the comedy show in the morning, and then I would go to bed that night listening to uh, Doctor Demento, and. Um, <laughs> Oh, those were good days. Oh my God, yeah, and and so so you know this is where I would hear like you know early uh, early Robin Williams and all this stuff, and I and so I knew who Gary Shandling was, and I'd heard some of his stuff again, not having the frame of reference, um, you know it, he you know it, he was a little out there for mm-hmm. uh, for a young guy, still hysterically funny. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this show, I remember watching it and just thinking like, oh my gosh, he knows he's on a TV show. In fact, everybody who comes over knows they're on a TV show. And, uh, and it was just, it, it was just so funny. And just to me, just so, uh, you know, poking fun at the format. And I mean, I love the format, you know, like I have a collection of, of, uh, of great sitcoms on my DVD wall where it's like many of them I keep mainly because it's like, well, this represents this era. Yeah. Right. And there's just the, these, these sort of, uh, stages of, uh, of television comedy and, um, and, and the, the Shandling show basically, you know, it, it poked fun at all of the formats that uh, the sitcom formats that had come before all of the ones that were out at the same time. And it, already knew where things where a lot of things were going to go and it already messed with it and uh, you know there was no fourth wall and so yeah. it's Gary Shandling it's Gary Shandling's show is my number five pick oh it's fantastic that's great I, I just realized looking at my picks that if you spread them out I've got one from each decade for you the last totally uh, 50 years great yes and uh, I, I realize we're leaning heavily on Roseanne to count for the 80s but <laughs> I'll I'll take it anyway. <laughs> oh, that's fun. All right. Um, How, how's your bench? Uh, I had uh, I had King of Queens. Yeah. Kevin James. I yeah, had which, uh, which spun out, which basically kind of came out of his appearances on um, on Raymond. It was Raymond, right? Yeah, because yeah, he used to play one of his yeah. uh, one of his friends that would hang out in the uh, in the garage. And then. You know, it developed to, uh, you know, that's how we got more Patton Oswald, which was oh, a great aspect of, right. uh, of King yes. of Queens. Speaking of, and, and of course, you, you had Jerry Stiller. Jerry Stiller. One of the. Part of the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I had I had Whitney with Whitney Cummings, mm-hmm. 2011 to 2013, only 38 episodes, but uh, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good ensemble cast, and I yes. liked it with the, the female lead. Um, totally. And then kind of tied with that, uh, I had Undateable. Um, Chris D'Elia has certainly uh, become uh, an issue of late. You, you know what? Um, and I've got a couple in my bench that are going to cover that as oh, well. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you, you you look at the the Louis C.K.s and the Cosby Show series. Well, I mean, there, that, that there's some stuff out there, yeah. right? Yeah, but, but yeah, uh, Roseanne I mean, but, but, but it certainly a, makes this list. 
But it was a funny um, as hell but, show, and also Ron Funches on that. Yes, I was looking. I was yeah. looking on Dateable specifically because looking beyond Crystalia, you've got Ron Funches, Brent Morin, and Rick Glassman. Yeah, and um, it was the four of them and their past as as comedians and their history of working together that ended up making the show as strong as it did. Because every time they got to a part in the show where one of the actors, one of the characters, make fun of another character, the actor would substitute the line, and so you you got that. Um, yeah. real reaction of they're roasting each other live in front of an audience and, and what they I loved, don't know the lines coming. <laughs> yeah. And what I loved even more was that they started doing the live episodes, honestly, yes. like that they did a, a full season of live episodes is what puts that show head and shoulders above many others. Again, yeah. Bill Lawrence, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and even in the first seasons when it wasn't live, they'd still do every time they'd totally. do another take of that line, they somebody would make up a different line and the outtakes are still available on YouTube yeah. and they are funny. You oh, get yeah. six, seven, eight lines and there's one where somebody comes running in and whispers a line to one of the other guys and they go, Oh, oh, go again. Yeah. <laughs> Just and, so and, they and can that's do the, the thing new is line. That you've got you've got a, a great writer's team that realizes what they've got. They realize yeah. that they've got they've got like at least four people on that stage that are funny as hell and can think yeah. on their feet. And they yes. know to leave them space and to do that. They're not necessarily the best actors in the world, but if you no, give them matter. enough rope to swing, they're going to deliver without hanging themselves. And again, I'll say this. Ron Funches, he can read my yeah. damn shopping list, and this could be the greatest fucking thing ever. Yep. Any show he does, I'm watching it. Period. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we even went through Powerless for him. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that yeah. was tough, yeah. <laughs> that hurt. That should have worked. It hurt. Uh, your bench, sir? All right. Um, I'll uh, I'll go up the list here. Um, I had a couple, like you said. Uh, yes, uh, Louie. Um, but, but I'm actually going to go back further to Lucky Louie, which, again, yep. was a take the format and make fun of it. Right. And yeah. so it was very much done in the same kind of like you could you can see that they could knock it down um, uh, apartment set. And oh, um, it felt very honeymooners. It, total. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and so they went so old school with it. And and it just, you know, people weren't ready for it. And uh, and, <laughs> and and I think a lot of people just didn't get that. And it was really well done. And then he did his his other show, Louie, which was a little more edgy, a little more, um, you know, wasn't really play. It wasn't really any kind of format. It was just what does he feel like doing right now? And there's a mm -hmm. lot to be said for that. But but I, I go with Lucky Louie because it was more like sitcom, you know? Yes. And um, yeah, yeah, damn shame. Damn shame he couldn't, <laughs> you know, keep it in his pants because I, I, I was a big fan. Yeah, no, it's hard. It's, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a frustrating part is there's some people out there who, you know, you you like the comedy of and you, you like them. And oh. then... You find this out, and you're like, "Well, shit." We're in a different and, world. Yeah. And and please pardon the pun there. We're in a different <laughs> world. The Cosby Show would have been first on my list. Again, yeah. completely based on his uh, on his stand up act. 
Um, You know, the old, uh, why, you know, why do we have uh, three children? Because we did not want four children until they added a fourth child. Uh, Until they had five. (laughs) Um, No, you're right. It was, it was, why do we have four children? It's because we did not want to have five. And, uh, and, um, but like, Man, I can remember using, uh, you know, parenting lines from uh, from Cosby with with my kids early on the uh, the old uh, the old, um, you know, oh, we have this, we have that. And it's like, no, we have that. You have nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And, and I, mean, I brought you into this world and I'll, I'll take, take you out. out of it. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and, you know, and I use that stuff a lot in the early years, but I don't yeah. anymore because it's fucking toxic. And that. Yep pains me because my dad and i again like i look a lot of this stuff you know is 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 stuff my dad and i listen to together and and perhaps that's that's even more um i feel that even deeper now that he's gone and uh you know is is like oh my god how much we listen to fucking cosby and and wore out that bill cosby himself you know where he goes to the dentist and and when he played at center in the square in kitchener i i took the whole family to see him (laughs) and um yeah no i listened to the the albums when i was a kid i'd put them on to go i'd stack two three albums high on the record player and then fall asleep listening to stand-up yeah I yeah. do those routines word for word, and and like I say, like those days of uh, of of me listening to like the comedy uh, the Sunday Night Funnies was yep. like the age of of Bill Cosby himself, you know, with the dentist yep. and with the uh, all that stuff. So it, yep. it pains me to I have to put him in the bench because you can't. No, it's it's hard to it, it's hard not to acknowledge the influence. Yep. Right. You can. I. I know what it meant to me at the time. Yeah. And now it's. You know. It, there just. There comes a point where you can't separate the art from the artist. And. Yeah. You know. It. You can't. You can't excuse and you can't allow just because once upon a time he made you chuckle. Yeah. It's. It's a, it's a shame that this is what was behind that. And I mean that's an interesting part of stand-up comedy in general is that. Yeah. There's, there's so much that, and it circles back to that documentary we're watching. There is, there is so, uh, there's so much, so many mental health issues that seem to go hand in hand. Oh, with like you, comedy. you, you mentioned the, uh, the, um, Freddie Prince stuff, right? Yep. And, you know, that's fucking sad. Yeah. You know, it's, it's. But to find out it was so much more than just the headline version that you'd heard. Yeah. When yeah. you were younger. Yeah. And it yeah. was all there, and I just th- think of that guy who was just like, "Enough of this shit," and um, and you could just, uh, just the regret in his voice as he talked about that conversation. Oh yeah. God, it's just, it, it, folks, you gotta fucking watch this thing, okay? Because it's really good. <laughs> um, all right, um, so sorry, I'll, I'll continue on my list. Mork and Mindy. Oh my god! Which was basically like we'll have a loose script, not like the oh. guy's gonna fucking stick to it. And uh, you know, it oh was him just doing his whole thing and just going off like crazy. And they so- had to, they had to add another camera to the way they shot that. Yeah, there was one camera that was just the follow Robin camera because he'd go off on a riff and he'd step on a shot, and the teamsters on the camera wouldn't break their shot from what yeah. they were supposed to be shooting. Yeah. Oh, that's 
that's yeah. I can't believe that I okay first of all I can't believe I missed that secondly I can't believe you left that on your bench well <laughs> Holy and, crap, and, and my reason for it is because you know Robin Williams was one of the funniest guys ever there is no yep. doubt about that you know you listen to live at the Met right um, and it is a superlative um uh, comedy standard right like it yes. is it you know the every comedian you love right now they listen to the shit out of that they listen to the shit out of delirious and out of raw mm-hmm. and uh but but live at the mat they kept coming back to because it was the it was the improvisational nature of what he did you knew that there was some stuff he started with and then he just went off and yeah. uh, he, you know, everybody's like talking about the hour they've got to write. And he wrote a half hour because he had the chops to fill in the other half hour. And yeah. that always worked. But I found sometimes on the show, it, it, and, and I say this having watched it recently, uh, because, um, you know, the, the little one, she got really interested in, in Fonzie. I don't know how that happened. Um, oh wait, it was me. Um, and, uh, so I showed her, uh, more Mindy and we watched maybe the first season and it's like, you know, there is a lot of funny stuff and there's also a lot of stuff that it's like, they just did not want, they just, you know, had to, uh, they, they just couldn't cut any of it. They just were basically like, Oh, we, you know, we only have so much film. <laughs> And, and so some of it doesn't fly quite as well. It's he's not as sharp and focused as he was in his standup. Um, okay. So that's the only reason that it stayed on the bench. Um, and also, I can I can see that because a lot of my Mork and Mindy is now through the filter of greatest hits and clips and highlights and, and as part of salutes and stuff. So, and that's yeah. a thing, right? And and uh, but but you know. Yeah, I can see that. I'll, I'll give extra credit because, of course, in the last season they brought in Jonathan Winters, and yes. <laughs> uh, as as Mirth, his son, and yeah. um, and again, like just crazy improvising stuff. You know, if if we were talking more about improv than stand up, he would have been on my list. But it's you know it it, it is the uh, it is the um, unevenness that that, that 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 kept it off a bit. Yes, I know it's a classic. I know. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, that's yeah. that's certainly fair. Yeah, um, the Jeff Foxworthy show, uh, which went mm-hmm. through a couple of incarnations. Here's one you may not remember: Rodney. Oh yeah. Uh, Rodney Crowell and uh, his wife was played by. Well, I'll tell you this much because, as you know, big Party of Five fan, she played Daphne, uh, Charlie's uh, baby mama, in uh, one of the later seasons. Look at you circling back. Oh yeah, totally. Um, of course, we mentioned this was the uh, Seinfeld memorialist. Of course, Seinfeld can't be on it, but Curb Your Enthusiasm can. <laughs> and I know that he came to that as the guy who wrote Seinfeld as opposed to it being based on his stand-up. But um, it is intensely... It, it, you know, there is nobody but, um, that, but Larry David that could, that could uh, create that. And uh, and while he hadn't done stand up in an awful long time, by the time it came around, I, again, that's what keeps it off the list and on the bench. Um, let's see here, uh, bah, bah. Gary unmarried. Um, oh wow! Jay Moore. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jay Moore marred by the you know basically the first season uh, um, 
was a lot of him, you know, dealing with his uh, his ex-wife and having his new girlfriend. Um, uh, but then in the second season, his brother Rob Riggle comes in. Yeah. And uh, but but this show really was never going to see succeed because it had, of course, notorious show killer uh, Paula Marshall uh, playing his ex-wife. So that's her. Fault. Um, God bless her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Robinson, Craig Robinson, plays a teacher. Oh yeah. Um, it didn't last long. <laughs> I think it was like a summer <laughs> replacement. It didn't last yeah. long. Uh, but but he was funny as hell. Um, the George Carlin show uh, ran for two seasons, uh, created by Carlin along with um, um, uh, Simpsons alumni um, Sam Simon. And uh, only went for two seasons, and there was a lot of, uh, apparently behind the scenes, a lot of back and forth between um, uh, Simon and Carlin, and that led to it coming to an early end. And uh, But again, you know, for me, for my dad and I, Cosby, Carlin, like these were the guys, right? And Carlin yeah. was a big one for both of us right up until he died. And... Um, in fact, in both cases, because, you know, Car- we, were, we were big Carlin fans up until Carlin died, and we remained big Carlin fans until my dad passed. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they just Carlin was just one of the greats. Um, Absolutely. Um, A.K.A. Pablo, uh, Paul Rodriguez. Uh, this was an, an, a late 80s uh, show. Only lasted one season. Hector Elizondo uh, played his dad, I believe. And uh, and basically he said, you know, the big problem was is they, like, they had him as a Mexican. They had an Italian and a Greek guy. And we were supposed to believe that they were all in the same family. Um, <laughs> um, Andy Richter controls the universe. Um, and to a lesser degree, Andy Barker, P.I., um, which was his later show. But uh, but that's another really good one where, um, you know, again, they kind of played with the form of, of the sitcom. Actually, in both cases, because the other one kind of messed around with the whole detective agency kind of thing. And um, so those for, with Andy Richter um, and uh, Mulaney. Oh, yeah. Yep. A show I wish had been better than it was. <laughs> And I think that there was a lot, you know, there's a, a, a great early episode of Good One where they talk about just sort of a post-mortem on Mulaney. And it's fucking fantastic to listen to. <laughs> and, um, and, and you know, there was, there was a lot of back and forth when the show started and then it was delayed and then, uh, then it moved to a different network and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and he got to do some things that he wanted to do, but I think he was held back by a lot of other things. And uh, and it's a damn shame because there was a lot of funny in there, and um, and and I just love Mulaney. So yeah. so there we go. I hit Jeff Foxworthy around. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, and finally, finally, of course, um, uh, a comedian uh, sharing the stories of his childhood, and that is everybody hates Chris. <laughs> or sorry, I should say it. Everybody hates Chris. And uh, I had uh, I was thinking everybody hates Chris and the Bernie Mac show. <gasps> Bernie Mac's a good one. Two. You know what? I missed that one. You're right. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, I'd be very curious to hear uh, what both of our listeners <laughs> yes. have to say about things and what they think we've missed. 
I, this is this was an interesting one. This is one we probably could have done with a guest or two on because it was a deep enough pool that oh, we all yeah. could have. Uh, yeah. We could have. We well, all could look, have swum in it. <laughs> look at some of the things we left on our benches, right? Like. Yeah. Some big big names to know there. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, beautiful. All right. Why don't you lead us off with pop of the week? Pop of the week. I don't think I've done this one yet, but I'm going to take the chance anyway. Um, Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, have you seen this at all? I have not, but I've been thinking about it because we've been catching up on the story. A, yeah, ten episode run. Uh, it's it's fun. They they're trying. I think they're trying to cash in on the uh, the Orville side of things, where yeah, they I get to kind that. of make make fun of their own universe. Um, they do some great uh, self referential stuff, uh, and. Um, they gave it. A, they they did give it a sequential arc for the season. Uh, they allowed for some character development. Uh, they've left it in a different place at the end of the season than it began. Interesting. And uh, there's some cameos along the way that are really great, and some um, some fantastic um, some fantastic uh, in jokes and and uh, some guest voices, and it's good. It's a uh, it's well worth it when you get yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like as I say, we've been kind of getting into, um, into Discovery, and because uh, we'd mm-hmm. started watching it when it first came out, and we kind of fell off. But and and then I the first heard season recently, was rough. Yeah, no, but also I'd heard from people who said, you know, it's not a watch each one; it's more a take three at a time, two or three at a time. And it's we, probably an easier way to consume it. Yeah. Yeah, well, and we we found two at a time works. Because in many cases, it was kind of spread out over a couple of episodes. Yeah. And so we've actually been enjoying it, and we're kind of working our way toward the end of the first season. Because I hear great things about the beginning of the third. And um, it's The like, third started really strong. Second, it was a fantastic season. Second yeah. was really worth the time. Cool. See, and that's, and that's our thing, is like we're, we're, we're kind of... You know, it's like, okay, so we may have to work through a bit here, but that's okay, because, you know, the way we consume stuff anyway, it's it's fine. Like, that's a, that's a pop it on the, um, you know, pop it on the, uh, the iPad uh, uh, and while the kids do the dishes and we sneak upstairs. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, we've been kind of doing, just doing that, uh, and it's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first season of that show I really struggled with. Yeah, yeah, okay. It, well, it's especially not just the beginning of the first season, where it's just like I need somebody to cheer for here. Like, I <laughs> that that series starts really dark and leaves you in a place of I don't give a damn about any of these people right now. And then continues that way for a little stretch, where it's like, yeah. okay, well, I kind of like her, but oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a. Half of it is reading everything in Klingon. Like they signed yeah, up for a documentary. It, it's funny you say <laughs> that because we've been basically like, I don't give a shit about any of the Klingon stuff, and yeah. uh, and so whenever whenever they start talking, I start you know I'll, I'll, I'm I'm playing a, a Scrabble game on my uh, on my phone. Um, yeah. So you know when I play my uh, turn in in Words with Friends, it's because <laughs> I know um, what you're watching and the, what is happening. The Klingons are talking. And uh, Klingons are talking. I'm out, and uh, and that's that, and that's just simply it, uh, because I just I just can't. And uh, but 
the other characters I'm interested in, and that's and I'm finding that is yeah. getting more and more interesting. And so, uh, but but knowing where it's going, it's like, oh my god, I can't wait to get there. Yeah. So yeah, it's well worth it. So that is yeah. a thing. No, stick stick that out too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was. That was mine. Sorry, yours, sir. No, no, speak slower, speak slower, because I used mine at the beginning, and uh, and I thought, oh, it'll be easy for me to just pop something out of my head. And uh, oh, and well, and yet, let me stall that. And yet I have not done so, and that is what is uh, what is most embarrassing. And uh, because I and then I talked about my second one, uh, you know, while we were because like, I talked my my other go to would have been um, one day at a time. Because uh, uh-huh. because they picked up the pop series and uh, and but it's like I've used that right I mean I, I, I was going to say I thought we covered that I've, <laughs> I've literally talked about it already so I can't use that and uh, and this is you know again uh, these are the kinds of problems I have people did um, you read anything have you oh, yeah, listened to anything all of the things. All of the things. The, ah, yes, the there we have it. There we have it. Okay. There we go. So, um, so let's uh, let's get our, our our podcast on and look at what I've added recently, and uh, because there is the trick. Um, all right, one that I'm listening to um, again, trying to because there's a lot of stuff that is just you know, I mean, especially right now, just the rancor of the latest polls and the blah 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 and i just can't mm-hmm. do it um but one of my favorite podcasters uh rishikesh Herway, who um does a fantastic show called song exploder where they take a song and they basically have and and essentially he doesn't even interview them it basically he he sets it up and they and they talk about the creation of a particular song and so there's been some great ones um uh you know where where they'll start with the here's the song that I was as I was writing it and here's what I did what I came up with and they start with it in its basic form and then it's like and then here's the guitar track that we added and then we did this and we were thinking about that and and oh and that's it's, cool it, it's it's incredible and uh, like he did one with uh, Rivers Cuomo from Weezer a while back his uh, his song Summer Lane and Drunk uh, Dory and it was basically talking about how a conversation. Um, at a pool party uh, on the last day of school with a couple of his kids' teachers where one of them was was like, oh, yeah, my husband loves when school's over because, you know, I'm summer Elaine because during the year, I'm uh, school year, I'm all focused on this and that, and I'm so much more relaxed in the summer. So that was summer mm-hmm. Elaine. And it's like, and then one of the other women was like, yeah, my husband's the same way. He loves drunk Dory. And, uh, <laughs> and so he used them in, 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 in this song. I mean, he took it in a different direction, but, but it all kind of stemmed from that. And he gets into how that started and how they came up with the chord progression and how they added to it and how, uh, you know, the guitar solo was something that he, you know, he likes to do it where he, he has to sing it first and then figure out how to play it on the guitar because he wants it to have to be more melodic that way. And, and so he does this amazing show about, about music. Love it. Then he did a show uh, about the show The West Wing with uh, Joshua Molina uh, called mm-hmm. The West Wing Weekly, where they would analyze an episode of, uh, of, the, uh, of The West Wing. 
and they did the entire series and they had interview shows and they they had different heads of state of various countries including our own uh talking about their relationship to the west wing and uh and it's fantastic well he's got a new show called home cooking and it is with uh the author of um what's going on there you you all right yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I got creaky does, floors. It's all good. It's all good. He does the show with uh, Salmon Nasrat, who is a, a chef who wrote a book called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, uh, all about, you know, basically how cooking is all involved in those four things, essentially. Okay. And so they have created the show called Home Cooking, um, where they basically do a cooking show. And so on the, on the first episode, they have... Joshua Molina with him, uh, where they where they talk about making uh, making lake the the lake and uh, and they talk about the different foods and different resources and how they do these things, but they also talk about the what this this food means to them, right? So it's it's not just oh here's here's one of my favorite recipes. It's like this is one of my favorite recipes because of how we did this and uh and then he'll have like uh you know uh, uh kamal bell um um another one with his dad another one with yo-yo ma called guess what chicken butt is delicious and they do this one with freaking yo-yo ma and uh anyway so a bunch of different guests on the show and uh and and so the most recent one is franz with benefits with jason manzukas <laughs> Derek, maximum Derek, and uh, anyway, so so like, you know, talk about the the you know here's the thing that we cook and here's why we do it this way, and then the other host she'll she'll weigh in with the food science behind it, right? Like this is why that happens. This is why that works, and uh, so it's a it's it's funny as hell. Um, it's also very educational, and it's about food, so that's a good thing. So the home cooking podcast from uh, uh, I believe you can find it on um, well anywhere that there are podcasts but uh, but it is a uh, Radiotopia podcast I believe if you're into hmm. the different platforms so there we go home cooking well that's cool one of you know really I just need to go to my most recently subscribed podcast because that's really where I'll find so much. Yes. All right. So there we go. That is my pop of the week. Beautiful. All right. So comments, as always, are welcome at poppingcrap at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.com slash poppingcrap. That is spelled P-O-P-N-C-R-A-P, which is also our Twitter handle, poppingcrap. In addition to all those things, you can head over to poppingcrap.com, where you can comment on this or any episode. Scott? And maybe you are a mere three jokes away from your own sitcom named after yourself. But until then, it's all just pop and crop.